Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. I am Pastor Dustin, and with me, as always, is Steve Prudian. And today, we are finishing up our... I don't know, what's a word for a really, really long series? Really, really long series. <laughs> really, really long series on prayer. As a matter of fact, we just went back and... Wasn't as long as Job, though, was it? It wasn't. Oh, I don't think it was as long as I Job. I don't think it was as long as Job. Job was 42, ver- 42 well, topics. <laughs> we've been a little bit more comprehensive on prayer, too. Um, but yeah, we just went back and looked. And uh, what we're finishing with today is where we started um, this idea of teaching me how to pray. And that was about halfway through. And going back, we've been talking about prayer since August. So it's a really long series. Uh, Good thing we didn't do Romans. (laughs) (laughs) So we're coming back to finish up with this Teach Me How to Pray. And we're just going to wrap some things up. We're going to tie up some loose ends and... We've got a hand that we will talk about as well. But I think the best place to start is where everybody starts learning how to pray, the Lord's Prayer. And so out of Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, pray in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses, is what Jesus tags on to the end of it here. So, that's where we all start unless you happen to start with grace. (laughs) Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. All right. Um, So, why are we going back? Why Why are we jumping backwards on this in order to wrap it up? It's called reinforcement. Okay. Because oftentimes we've gone since... August to now. Mm-hmm. Number one, a lot of people may not remember where we started. Right. And a lot of people have ju- who have just jumped in afterwards mm-hmm. have never had this particular teaching. Right. But out of all the things we've taught about, talked about, one of the most important things is the major request of the disciples themselves. Yes. Because they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. So... They were good Jewish boys. You figured Jewish boys would know something about prayer. But they observed something about Jesus, Mm -hmm. that his prayer was different. His prayer was different. And so subsequently, they wanted to know how it was that he prayed. And so he obliged them. Yes, he did. He says, listen and follow. Mm -hmm. But we would have to say today, listen and follow and do as he instructs, right, which is what the lesson is all about today, is right. doing as he instructs. Yes. And 
there's a framework in this. There's a framework in the Lord's Prayer that you can pull out. And that's one of the things that we've been talking about is just those different parts, you know, acknowledging who you're speaking to and what their authority is and what they've done and giving thanksgiving for that and um, confessing anything that you have to confess and forgiving anything you need to forgive and, um, you know, the reassurance of praying in God's will and not your own. A lot of people are actually confused on who to pray to. Right. Some people will say, well, for me to pray, I got to pray to a saint. Some will. Some people people believe that. Mm -hmm. Some people believe that they have to pray to Jesus. Right. And then there's other people who believe that they should be praying directly to God. Right. And uh, Jesus clarified that up. Yes, he did. In this prayer. Yes, he did. Because the fact is, is, is that um, it's funny. What you think you know is correct may not be absolutely correct. Right. Well, and we, we come to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's right. We do. Mm-hmm. And what does the Father say? If you come to him in the name of Jesus, he listens to Jesus. Yeah, he listens. <laughs> he listens. And by having a heart that wants to pray the will of God, you're speaking through the power of the Spirit. That's right. So when done right, we're speaking the Spirit's words to the Father in the name of Jesus. Well, that's the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. That's the Godhead. That is all the power in the universe, right there in one space. And how can that not be powerful? It's actually magnificent. It is. It is. When we get out of the way of our own prayers, they become incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. On this um, sheet of paper that you have on uh, Teach Me to Pray, Yes. Um, You don't have my notes. I don't. No. But um, the first three sections of it all begin with, but you don't have it on yours. I don't have it on mine. Okay, begins with the letter A, which is the first letter in the alphabet. Yes, it is. Okay, the first thing we're going to talk about is the authority. Yes. The second thing we'll talk about is the adoration. Yes. And the third thing we'll talk about is the attention. Mm Mm-hmm. And... um, I don't know where you would like to start on the dialogue because you have the dialogue in front of you. Right. This is a form of a prayer. Okay, it's like fill in the blanks. Yep. But you'll have to actually consider when you're going through this what blanks you particularly have at at the particular time you're praying to fill in the blank based upon the subjects you're praying for. Right. This is like a template. It's a template. It's exactly what it is. Well, that's what the Lord's Prayer is, too. Mm -hmm. Not that it can't be repeated exactly as it's written, Mm -hmm. but it is a template. What you'll find as you're reading this, through reading through this, Mm -hmm. it's really an expansion of what you've already read. Yep. 
Yeah, and so it starts with, you know, I come to you, Father, in Jesus, your Son's name, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the authority. That's the authority right there. Thank you. I don't have to read the rest of it. Thank you. There's the adoration. That's the adoration. That is recognizing and being grateful to God for who he is. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at the dichotomy of who we're thanking? Look at the dichotomy of who we're thanking. Number one, the Father. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number two, the Son, Jesus. Right. And number three, the Holy Spirit. Right. We're not leaving any of the Godhead out. No. No, because... From God, from God the Father flowed the Son, and from the Son flows the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, and they're what, all there all the time. And why are we able to pray like this? What gives us the right to pray like this? The sacrifice of Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly right. And you know what? If you go into this in a minute, you're going to find out why he loves us and why we should love him and that's called the adoration that's the adoration well let's talk about that okay and the adoration actually starts with the name jesus says jesus is my lord my savior my high priest and advocate with my guide and comfort your Holy Spirit, I come before your throne. Mm-hmm. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. He lets me know what to pray for when it is your will. You, God, are worthy of all my praise and devotion. I am grateful you gave me life eternal. I thank you, Jesus, that you your love is so great. You suffered my transgressions. I stand before all the Godhead in awe Mm -hmm. absolutely it's a love letter it is and that's adoration that's adoration you've Mm -hmm. got praise and you've got a little bit of worship in there even Mm -hmm. yep it's a love letter my wife will say why don't you talk to me like that (laughs) (laughs) i says it make you god (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. yeah watch that one we know who's god right yes we do yes So what comes after that adoration? You pay attention. You pay attention. You pay attention. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take it? All right. Your grace and mercy overwhelm me. Hear my praise and prayer through the Holy Spirit who speaks through me. Above all, let your will be done. I put my trust in you, Father, to reveal to me if there is any hindrance in my prayer. Forgive me and show me your correcting will. I want to have want you to have pleasure with me. I want to stand with my Jesus representing you. From you giving adoration, what position did that put you in? Humbled, completely and totally humbled. It starts with your grace and mercy. Right. Okay, because when you know who you're adoring, you know that you're adoring one who has 
your best interest at heart. And he's showing his grace and he's showing mercy. Right. And you know what? In mercy, do we deserve mercy? No. No. He gives it to us in spite of what we don't deserve. Right. Yeah. With the grace and mercy, he doesn't give us what we do deserve. Mm -hmm. And he gives us that which we don't. The best of what we don't, even. Okay, so where do we go? I mean, we've got, we've got our attention. We've got our posture right. But I think, I think we shouldn't leave attention very quickly. Okay. <clears throat> because the fact is, is that all too often we try, to, um, we try to treat God as like a Happy Meal. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, or like the McDonald's drive-thru with a Happy Meal. In yep. and out. But the fact is, 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 is that you shouldn't be leaving until you're done with the meal. Right. Okay. <laughs> you shouldn't be leaving until you're done with your meal. So we start with this. Hear my praise mm -hmm. and my prayer. How? Through the Holy Spirit who speaks through me. Yep. Above all, let your will be done. We're actually creating a posture. Yes, we are. Okay? And that posture is, is, is recognizing it through grace and mercy that we're there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the thing is, is, is that it's a great privilege to be able to pray to God, our Creator. But in praying to God, our Creator, we have to realize that even though we may not have the right words, the Holy Spirit has the right words, and God right. hears those words because man looks upon the outward yes. where God looks upon the heart. Yes, he does. And another word for the heart is what? The soul. The soul, where the Holy Spirit dwells. Yep. Okay. So, above all, let your will be done. Is that normally how we pray? No. No. Why not? Because God gave me a will, and I want... I... My will is to impose my will on God. It's really easy to say, God, I see this injustice. You need to fix it. Or you may have a wish list. Right. But that wish list does br doesn't bring any glory to God whatsoever. And why, right. and why, did, times, and yeah. why did God create us in the first place? Two reasons. Mm -hmm. What are those two reasons? Because you have to remember that when you're praying. One is to have fellowship with him. Yes. Okay. And the second thing is, is that we're made for his good pleasure. Right. But all of a sudden, we start praying for things for our pleasure. Right. We've forgotten our position. And when we forget our position, guess what that makes us? Ungrateful. It does. And if you're ungrateful... I was going to say hypocrite. You're nicer than I am. You know, when you're ungrateful, <laughs> yeah. you forget the word thank you. You do.
You very much do. Would you read, I put my trust? I put my trust in you, Father, to reveal to me if there is any hindrance in my prayer. You just gave me a perfect example of hindrance a minute ago. Yeah, trying to impose my will on God. Mm -hmm. There's a hindrance in that prayer. But what if, what if that's not the hindrance? What if I really do want to pray God's will, but what if I've got unconfessed sin? What is he going to tell you to do? Confess. That's right. What if I'm suffering from unforgiveness? What is he going to tell you to do? Go forgive. <laughs> there, there's more than one hindrance to prayer. What if I'm suffering from unbelief? Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Well, there's, uh, I, I forget the name of the, of the soldier, the centurion, who understood, and he said, forgive me for my unbelief. I believe. I believe you. I have faith in you, but forgive my unbelief. Was he lying when he said he believed? No. He believed. But he in, the, in the beginning, he had a supposition. Right. His supposition was... It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. And so... You can't be God. <laughs> right. Well, and this can't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this this healing is impossible. It, it just simply cannot happen. It would take a miracle. Well, guess what Jesus brought? Mm-hmm. You can have belief and unbelief right next to each other. Because for the amount that I believe and the amount that I trust God, it's not a perfect belief and it's not a perfect trust. There is an amount of unbelief and there is amount, an amount of not trusting that goes right along with that. And God calls you child. He does. Because guess what? You haven't matured enough to know him well enough and he'll accept whatever maturity level you're at mm -hmm. if you seek his face. Absolutely. You know what that's called? What's that called? It's called forbearance. Yes. But within forbearance, there's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. He forgives you for what you're ignorant of. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So you can. it continues here. Forgive me and show me your correcting will. I want you to have pleasure with me. I want to stand with my Jesus representing you. What's that a picture of? Standing with Jesus representing you. Mm -hmm. What is that a picture of? That is, that's a picture of evangelism, of sharing the gospel, of being the hands and the feet of Christ in this world. What else is it? If you stand with Jesus before the throne of God, what does Jesus look like? A brother, an advocate. Exactly. Yep. He may be dressed better than I'm dressed because he has a position of high priest. Yes. Okay. However, the most daring part of standing with Jesus before the throne of God is he's holding my hand. 
It's the only way you're standing. It's the, sim <laughs> it's the, sim it's the simplest, innocent, but most meaningful expression of love. Right. He's holding my hand in front of his father. See, and I don't think without Jesus holding your hand, you'd be able to stand. John couldn't. Right. So the point is... John, is, John wasn't allowed to stand up in the presence of God in the throne room. He was commanded to stand up in the presence of God in the throne room. Mm -hmm. It's a very different, very different things there. But anyway, the reality to this is, 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 is that if it wasn't for Jesus, mm -hmm. I would never stand before God. No. Because when, when God sees Jesus... What does he see in me? Well, he's got nothing to see in me except Jesus. That's right. He sees Jesus in me. Right. And he sees Jesus in you. Mm -hmm. So when we pray, and the reason we pray in the name of Jesus is because we want God to see the Jesus who is in us. Yep. Yeah, and Jesus says that. Whatever, whatever you want, ask for in my name. And it'll be given. But there's a little caveat to that. Well, there's a lot of caveat the to caveat that. The caveat to that is Jesus always prays the will of the Father. Mm -hmm. And he does the will of the Father. Well, and that comes to, I think we were talking about this last week or maybe the uh, episode before. Um, when, when I abide in him and he abides in me, he will give me the desires of my heart. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that. I, right now, I, I might desire a really fancy car. But as I spend more time abiding in him and he in me, that desire for the new car goes away. And a, des and a desire for whatever God's will is for me starts to grow. And so that he creates in us the desire that he wants us to have that fits his will. And then when we ask for that, we're given that. Without without hesitation or reservation. I kind of find that interesting that when Jesus talks about agricultural things and he talks about vines and vineyards. Yes. And he associates basically that he's the vine and we're the branches. Right. Well, what's interesting about a branch is what is the result of being a branch to the vine? The branch bears the fruit. The branch bears the fruit. Fruit. But what happens if the branch decides that he doesn't need the vine anymore? It withers and dies. And what happens to the fruit? No, there is no fruit. There is no fruit because there's no life. Right. But all too often, I say this tongue-in-cheek, we get our faith mixed up. We think that we're, we know enough about faith that we don't really need to rely upon the Jesus of our faith. And we try to do it ourselves. And right. subsequently, we get dried up. We get discouraged. And uh, we don't have any fruit. Right. So, Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide mm -hmm. in you. Now, right. that's, is that a paradox? Not a pair of ox, a paradox. Yeah, it's not a pair <laughs> of fox either. Um Yes and no. Because, I mean, it goes back to, we look at what's on the outside and 
God looks at what's the, on the inside. And we know we have the Spirit of God dwelling within us. Also, knowing a little bit about how plants work, when you are grafted into mm-hmm. a plant as a branch, you get all of your sustenance now from that which you are grafted into. Now, if you graft an orange tree into an, an orange branch into an apple tree, I've never seen one of those before. No, I've never <laughs> seen. I I don't even know if it works. I'm just saying, you're not going to all of a sudden get apples. The orange tree is the orange branch is still an orange branch. That's the dominant. That's that's the dominant, but it's being fed from the apple tree. And so it might have apple juice running on the inside of it, but you're going to get an orange out of it. Uh-huh. Right? And maybe that's a really terrible I, analogy I, I because think, I don't I think don't, it works. I don't think so. I don't think it works. It doesn't change the outward of who we are. It changes the inside of who we are. And the only reason the branch off of the vine withers and dies is because it doesn't have, it can't create its own inside. It's life force. It can't create its own life force. It can't, you know, all of the all of the nutrients and everything that are drawn out of the ground from the roots that go through the uh, vessels, you know, kind of like blood vessels in a human body, but that go through the vessels in the tree to get to the branch. The branch can't create those all on its own. It needs the trunk of the tree. It needs the root. And by grafting into the tree, the tree then provides that for you. So all of my life force is being created by the Jesus that I'm grafted into. And that word grafted has another synonymous word to it. And what's that? Adoption. Yes. Or adopted. So even though we are different, mm-hmm. and even though we have um, um, different experiences in our lives, even different sins in our lives, mm-hmm. what's interesting is it's the same parent tree it's the tree of god or the tree of life and jesus is the tree of life and because of that tree of life we are grafted in or we're adopted into god's kingdom but because we are now not just a, a person unto ourselves alone right okay now that we are part of jesus we should be emulating and looking like the tree that we've been grafted into or adopted Right. Which means we should be taking on some of the fruit qualities of that tree. Right. So needless to say, I can't save myself. No. Needless to say, I can't bear fruit by myself. No. But many a person thinks that by just doing good deeds, that is fruit enough. It may look good. It might. But it doesn't bear the authority, okay, of being genuine fruit. Right. It reminds me of the uh, the Pharisee who goes to the to the altar and puts a big show about praying and you know has a very generous donation and you know giving his tithe, his offering. Everybody sees it. Every everybody sees it. He makes a big show of it, and then this. Poor person. Poor, poor little old lady comes up humbly, bowed before, 
and gives her penny, her her penny, or her, her penny. two her two pennies, or whatever, you know, her her pittance of a of a gift. And Jesus points this out to the disciples and says, "Which one gave more?" She was grafted in; he wasn't. Nope. So be careful who you follow. Right. The show isn't necessarily real. No. That's another lesson for another uh, time. Yeah, that's a lesson <laughs> for a different day. Well, after we get done with that, we go to the next topic, which is Thanksgiving. Yep. Which is part of the Lord's Prayer. It is. So start with thank you, Dustin. Thank you. Thank you for hearing all the prayers in my life. Thank you for your answers and the move you have in my very being. Let what I say and do bring glory to you and your son. Thank you that you know before I ask what I'm going to say. It is an honor to be in your presence to ask. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes you don't even have the breath to say thank you well enough. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like taking a deep breath and saying thank you till you have no more breath. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is, is that that's what Jesus is. Right. Jesus deserves our thank you until we have no more breath. Right. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of the times, the only, the only proper exclamation of thank you, at least for me, is a long, deep sigh. Because like you said, I just, I just cannot put into words that gratitude, that humility that comes from knowing that everything I have the breath in my lungs, the water in my water bottle, the lunch that I had today, the feeling in my fingers, my ability to see and hear, all of it comes from God. You know, and that, the, and, the greatest miracle that I can say that tells me that God is a living God and that he is a great God and that he is a loving God. That when I didn't know him, mm -hmm. he knew me. Yep. And when I needed to know him, he bent his ear to listen. Right. And not only did he bend his ear to listen, he also showed up. And he performed what no man could do. And the thing is, is, is that I'll never forget that. Right. And so subsequently, I do know where my breath comes from because there was a time that I wasn't breathing. Right. So, you know, the fact is, is I give credit where credit's due. And I'm here today because the credit belongs to the Lord. Yes, it does. So I say thank you. <laughs> All right. Are we going to move on from thank you? If you'd like to. All right. 
What's next, next? Next section is called gratefulness. Gratefulness? That sounds a lot like thankfulness. Well, no. The next one is intercession. I'm sorry. Intercession. Intercession. All right. In Jesus, your Son and my Savior, hear my prayer for the needs of those you have created and love. And then we pray for the needs. individual needs, church needs. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our pastors. Uh, we pray for our government. We pray for the lost, and uh, we pray for the prodigals. And anything, anything else, and everything else. Anything else the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Yep. Yeah, in God's will, you might find that you're praying for things and people that you don't even know and have never even considered before. So that's the intercession part of it. And that's... A lot of our prayers, Steve, are inside out. And what I mean by that is a lot of our prayers are, Dear Heavenly Father, Me focused. Can you do all this? Would you do all this? Here's, here's my list of things that I'm asking you to do today. You're, not, you're not talking about Santa Claus, are you? Um, no, I'm <laughs> not talking about... It sounds like a prayer to Santa Claus. <laughs> I, I stick with my analogy of a cosmic vending machine. But that's a lot of what we do. We focus on the intercession. And we miss out on the adoration. We miss out on the attention. We miss out on the thanksgiving, the posture, the humility. We miss out on the gratitude. We miss out on even bringing the Trinity into it a lot of the time. <laughs> Sometimes I might be praying to the Father in the name of the Son, but... It's my spirit, not his. Mm -hmm. What's the opposite of being selfish? Well, by the dictionary, unselfish, but selfless, okay. humble. Okay, what else? Giving. Giving. Caring. Outwardly focused. Mm-hmm. Philanthropy. Ooh, good word. Philanthropy is the opposite. Okay. Okay. Because what you're doing is you're giving out of what you have to others. Right. And Jesus was a philanthropist. Yes, he was. He gave what he had, okay, to bankrupt people like you and me. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is, is that when we pray... We should be praying as a philanthropist, okay, mm -hmm. and not as a beggar. Right. And a I like I like that that I like that distinction. And a philanthropist actually works for the benefit of others, mm -hmm. and in many cases, right. people he's never ever met, yep, and he'll never ever know. But he knows that once he's given. He's done what he's supposed to do. His blessing is in the giving, not necessarily in the results. Right. But oftentimes we pray expecting results. And right. We're not, and we're not thankful for the fact that we can actually pray the prayer and leave that up to God. 
Right. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. All right. Here's the example. I have a person that I've been praying for for 50 years. Wow. Okay. okay. And uh, even last night, I was called to remembrance to remember that person. Okay. And so I did. My first thought was, I've wasted 50-some-odd years praying for this person, and I don't see this person in any way changing. But the Holy Spirit prompted me to pray anyway. Right. Okay? So the fact is if the Holy Spirit hasn't given up on somebody, who am I to give up? And then if I bring it right down to where the rubber meets the road, what if the Holy Spirit was going to give up on me? Uh-huh. 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 So subsequently, I've, um, I've learned that I need to pray philanthropically mm-hmm. for that other person, for the other person's benefit. Now, the flip side of the coin is uh, this other person has disappointed me time and time again. Right. To the point that I got aggravated and I didn't want to pray for them anymore. Right. But this is the test. And the test is in the Lord's Prayer, forgive who? Those who? Have sinned against you. Sinned against us, right? Right. Right. So how did Jesus know that? It happens. Yeah. It happens. Because it happens. It happens. So my prayer last night was, I was Jesus, after all of this praying, I says, am I going to get to see this person in heaven? And their answer is, wait and see. Yep. <laughs> You'll know when you get there. Yeah, wait and see. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting and I'm going to see. And you know what? I've often thought of people that I've talked to over my life that I don't know what they did with what I said to them. Those that I do know what they did with what I said, that's not a problem. It's the ones who heard, but I'm not sure if they'll ever believe. Right. And I used to feel responsible. I don't know if you ever felt responsible. In my younger years, I felt responsible that I needed to get a decision from people before I let them go. Oh, yeah. But I learned that some people plant the seed and some people water, and some people are there for the harvest. Mm-hmm. So, but I wanted to have it instantaneous. Right. Okay. And well, get, some, some people are rocky soil. That's right. Some people are rocky soil. Some people are the path, mm-hmm. and the seed gets snatched away. And even when the seed lands in good soil, mm-hmm. it takes time to sprout and grow. It does, and you have no idea what life is going to do to it. Right. So anyway, it'd be interesting. And some people, they'll laugh. Some people that I've prayed for, that I was convicted to pray for, that I didn't want, <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. They didn't deserve it, okay? <laughs> well, that's like Jonah going to Nineveh. He ran away. They, do, don't, it, they don't deserve it, it God. Do, and those people, they responded. <laughs> and it was like, I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what the answer is when I say I can't believe it? 
What's that? God says, would you rather have them leave them the way you found them? Or would you rather have them be better than the way you found them? Yeah. 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 Okay, you're right, God. <laughs> That's hard to argue with, isn't it? It's when, it com- th- when it comes down to eternity. Yeah. There's not a whole lot that anybody can do to me that makes me wish an eternity without God on them. Well, the reality is, is that if we call ourselves children of God, and God's will is that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. Right. I have no excuse. I really don't. I can't don't. say there's a loophole here. No. <laughs> well, the next thing we have here is greatness, gratefulness. All right. And that's, we're back to thank you. Right. But that's part of gratefulness. That is part of gratefulness. Thank you for the entrance to your throne and for hearing my prayer. May your will be done. Where did he hear our prayer? Where did he hear it? In the throne room. In the throne room. How did he he hear it so far away? Because he's God. He is God. He is God. But when... That comes back to just having the whole Trinity involved. Mm -hmm. When the whole Trinity is involved, he hears it, no matter how far away you are. You could be on the bottom of the deepest depths of the ocean, and God will hear you. And what did David say? Wherever I run to, you're there. Right. Whether I lay my head in Sheol, Mm -hmm. yep. Right. I make my bed in the darkness deep. Nothing can separate me from you. Right. It's funny. A lot of people think that Satan made hell. But Satan didn't make hell. No. No, that's under God's management. To the point that God even has a special place for Satan there. (laughs) His name is already on the cell. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Right, Right now he thinks it's just a room. At some point here, very soon, it seems, the door will be locked. Well, when we get done with this podcast, I'll tell you something that you may or may not know about. All right. It's, it, it's, uh, um, it's um, hyper, I forget the word, it's hyper, it's not a superstition because it's a fact. It's a hyper coincidence, but it could be a hyper God coincidence, but I don't want to share it right now because it's not proven. Okay. Okay. If, if it, 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 all right, we'll, we'll just, we'll just set that aside. If it be put this way, if it's of God, it'll prove itself. Yes, it will. Okay. All right. But getting back to. Right. Right. We've got one left. It goes back to the authority, right where it started from. Well, what the heck? How do you like that? How do you like that? Yeah. It goes in a circle. Yeah. It starts and it ends with God's authority. Right. Just like the prayer I read at the beginning. And that's what amen means. Amen. (laughs) That's what amen means. Amen. Right? And I don't remember. I think it's Mark's version that adds in the name of the Father and the Son. Mm Mm-hmm. I you was know, thinking, in your holy name at the end or something along those lines. I was thinking, you know, where I'm going to, from, from here, we're going to go into David's Psalms. Yes. And the very first Psalm he wrote was Psalm actually three. 
But what's interesting is is how he signs off on the on the psalm, which he signs off the same way on a lot of his psalms. Okay. You know what the last word that David has on a lot of his psalms is? And what's that? Selah. Yeah. Yeah, we see that word a lot in the psalms. And I say, why didn't he just say amen? Because Selah is different than amen. Amen means what? Uh, so let it be. So so let it be, or you know, this is the truth, right. or something along those right. lines. Selah. Truly, I say, yep. Selah. When David gets done with the psalm, no matter what the psalm is, or what the tone, or the subject of the psalm, mm -hmm. is he at the end he says Selah, which means praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Actually, it means glory to God. If you want to. Yeah, to God be the glory. Yeah. Yep. So when we pray, guess who should be getting the glory? God should be God getting should the be. glory. So we should be praying, Amen, Sila. <laughs> yeah, probably should. Probably should. And that's what tradition has closed the Lord's Prayer with. Mm -hmm. You know, for yours is the power and the honor and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Selah. Selah. Right. Selah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a minute here and let's talk about this hand. Because we were, we finished last week with the thumb. Right. Which is the most important. Which is the most important. Why is it the most important? Well, on our handy navigator's uh, hand of prayer diagram, the thumb is praise, mm -hmm. which is synonymous with worship. But the practical aspect of the thumb is what? It can touch every finger. It, it can touch every other finger. Right. right. Exactly. Yep. So can this finger say, I have no need of the thumb? No. Can this finger say, I have no need of the thumb? No. What about the little one? No. Actually, my little one especially. I know, but you can still touch it. <laughs> I can, I can still. Here, as someone who's missing part of a finger, I'm glad it's not the thumb. Uh-huh. What does I'm the thumb very, do? I'm very glad it's not the thumb. What Because does I can thumb... still grip and I can still hold on to things. You know, the thumb is an oppositional dif digit. It's the controller. It's. It is the controller. It is. Very much You've so. You've only got one of these. But you get four of these. Right. Missing missing part of my pinky, <laughs> I can still... Okay, I get a smaller handful of M&Ms when I reach into the bowl. Mm -hmm. But without a thumb, you know, I could be missing less of my thumb than I'm missing of my pinky and get a smaller handful. You know, my wife, and this, my, this was actually a spiritual lesson, but I thought it was more of a disciplinary stunt. Okay. When the kids would act up or they would get into each other or whatever they were doing, and my wife would say, calm down, break it off, stop that. Okay? Then she'd say, hold up your hands. And she'd say, count to ten. One, two, and you have to do this, three. You have to focus on this. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh -huh. She says, Jesus. And I'm sitting there, where did she come up with that? 
<laughs> so I asked her, I said, why did you have the kids stop, hold their hands up, and, and count to ten and then say Jesus? She mm -hmm. says, well, she says, first of all, she says, I needed to draw their attention from whatever it was that was causing the commotion. Right. She says, second of all, she says, I need to give them a substitutionary action that they had to focus on. And she says, and by the time they got through all ten fingers and they said Jesus, they would have forgot about what they were fighting about. <laughs> and if not, you just make them do it again. Yeah. My wife says to me, she says, she says, don't you know, she says, as soon as you say Jesus, she says, that ends it. <laughs> A lot of the time it does. <laughs> A lot of the time it does. And here, I, and here I am, a guy I went to seminary, and I'm listening to basically a preschool teacher on how she controls kids. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has some wonderful, wonderful wisdom. Some wonderful wisdom. Thank you. She so, appreciate that. Um, so anyways, that's why the thumb is the most important. Finger on your hand. It's the most important in our diagram, which, you know, the thumb is praise and then Thanksgiving, intercession, petition, and confession. Those are all requirements. Those are all good things to have in prayer. If you want unhindered prayer, um, this diagram is very, very easy to use. Um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time explaining it. Pretty self-explanatory. If you want to know more about it, there is... Uh, you can, you can get it online or you can get it here at the church. Yep, you can get it online. You can get it at the church. If you, I'm sure if you go on your Google and you, or whatever search engine you use and type in Navigators Prayer Hand, you're going to find it right away. They also have a diagram for leading a person to the Lord. Okay. And that's free of charge. Everything that, all their diagrams that they have are all free of charge. Right. And they're copyable and it's listed on their site. Yep. Yep. So no problems in going online and getting a copy of that, print it out, and pin it up on your prayer wall. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Have we properly, for the time being, exhausted prayer? You could never exhaust prayer. I, uh, I know, but yeah, I mean, I, and, for, and, for our purposes here. Yeah, and I hope you'll be praying sometime today, <laughs> because you know what? For one reason or another, you will be there. Yes. <laughs> We should be praying. We should be praying multiple times a day. And what does Paul say? Pray Paul, with? Paul says pray without ceasing. That's right. So you have to stay in a spirit of prayer. Right. Which is a practice. I mean, that is a discipline for I'll, sure. I'm going to give an example of being in the spirit of prayer. All right. Okay. Many, many years ago, I had to drive on roads that I'd never been on before. Okay. And so subsequently, you don't know when there's a curve coming up on the road before they had GPSs. Right. Okay. Uh, all you know is, is you were at where you were at. One day, I was in this strange, on this unknown road to me, um, trying to jump from one state to another state. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, I had this very strong impression move over hmm. what move over 
So I moved over. Just a second after I moved over, coming from the other direction on a blind curve on a downhill, was a big, huge tractor trailer. Oh my. He wasn't in the best of control. And if I hadn't moved over, I would have been kissing a semi. Wow. Right. And I learned as a kid, the big guy wins. <laughs> <laughs> so, subsequently, because of the move of the Holy Spirit and obeying that move, without understanding why, it actually saved me a lot of torment. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. All right. Should we take a look at, uh, give a tease at all for next week? Just Psalm 23? No, Psalm 3. Psalm 3. Psalm 3, the first Psalm of David wrote, who was credited to him writing. All right. Trust in God under adversity is the title I have on that one. It sounds like the title of life. It does sound like a title of life. <laughs> There's lots of adversity out there. So if you want to know how to deal with it, um, go read Psalm 3. Don't wait for us. Go read it. You might even be surprised at the subtitle, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. There is a villain in Psalm 3. There is a villain. There's actually two villains. Well, if let, you go into let's, history, let's make him read it. <laughs> if you go into history, there are 10,000 villains. Mm -hmm. Yep, there sure are. All right. Do we have anything else that we want to close off with here? No, just keep praying. Keep praying. Keep reading every day. And uh, just don't forget where the glory goes. Right, but don't pray in your own power. Nope. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Exactly. All right, thank you very much, Steve. You're welcome. Have a great week. <laughs>